The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Wing Chun Illustrated is the premier publication for Wing Chun. Published six times a year, Wing Chun Illustrated is a perfect bound, full-color, glossy publication. Each 60-page issue comes packed with in-depth content and feature stories by and about the world's greatest exponents of Wing Chun, regardless of lineage or style. Wing Chun Illustrated has featured people like Imin Bostepe, Philip Bayer, Yip Chun, Gary Lam, Donald Mack, Samuel Kwok, David Peterson, Chan Chi Man, Mark Phillips, Wan Kam Leung, Sam Lau, Robert Chu, Sifu Sergio, Victor Ken, and many, many more. There are two ways you can enjoy this fantastic publication. Go to wingchunillustrated.com and order the magazine as a print-on-demand. The print quality is simply amazing. Or download the Magster app and get a subscription. That's Magster, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. This way, when the new issue hits the stands, you'll automatically receive it as a download onto your smart device for offline reading. In fact, with your new Magster account, you can access the magazine on multiple devices, iOS, Android, Kindle Fire, and web browser. To make the deal even sweeter, listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast can use the coupon code DUDES to get a six-month complimentary digital subscription. That coupon code is DUDES, typed in all capital letters. Go to Magster, again M-A-G-Z-T-E-R, to register, add the six-month subscription to the cart, and apply the coupon code at checkout. The Dudes of Kung Fu love Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Hey everyone, uh, this uh, this episode was pretty funny. Alex and I had a great time. We were laughing the whole time. We talked a lot about about um, VT versus WT and and NWC and a whole bunch of other initials that don't mean anything. And we talked a little bit about uh, um, stick. You know, the right way of saying is it sticky hands or is it sticking hands and things to that effect. And uh, I also throw out a little challenge to some people. So uh, sit back and have a great time. Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your hosts, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. Hey dude, how are you? I'm doing really well, man. It's good to uh, be across from you again on a more regular basis. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good to be back. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying. It. I missed the podcast for a while, you know. Our fans got a bit of a double dose because uh, they got that lost episode, which was really just the episode that was lost in your computer <laughs> right. before I went to Hong Kong. <laughs> and then they got the more recent one that we just recorded. So, uh, you know, it, it it's good. I think like uh, the fans who have really been waiting for us to get back on will be happy that they're getting so much content all at once. Yeah, and you know that the lost episode really took off. I, I got like, in in like a day or two, I got over five hundred downloads in like a day or two. Yeah, yeah, it was also interesting listening to it because I'm like, wow, this is really kind of old. We were talking about how like, Conor McGregor was in New York for like his court thing. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Like, wow, right. this is like brutally dated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, since, since you brought up Conor, did you watch the fight? I mean, you didn't watch the fight, right? I, I, I didn't watch the fight, and it's kind of funny. Um, I I don't I don't mean to come off like I'm being like clairvoyant or something like that, but. Something hasn't been sitting right with UFC and me for a little bit. And the crazy thing is, I'm not I'm not into sports. There's only two sports I watch. I watch MMA, and every four years I watch the World Cup, and that's it. I don't watch anything else. Like, literally. So, so the only regular sport I watch really is MMA. And um, you know, oddly enough, Bellator is becoming more and more interesting as, as more of the top-flight UFC guys are kind of going over there. So I hope that... Bellator gets more and more of these guys so that it can become more interesting to watch. But since UFC was bought out by um, by that Hollywood, was it AMG yeah, or MMG right. or whatever that Hollywood company is, that, that huge talent agency that bought them, it just it just feels like it's going a little bit off the rails. It's like, you know, Dana White has always been kind of an asshole. I mean, but, but he's, he's good at what he does for whatever that's sure. worth. Sure. But I just feel that since the Fertitas sold the UFC, 
there's something about it and and maybe it's just a perception because it is owned by a hollywood company there's something that just feels very plastic about it there's something that feels very wwe about it right it's the, hard... the raw integrity is not there anymore yeah and as hardcore of an mma fan as i am and really the only the only thing i want to see and the only thing i think anybody wants to see are are good fights i mean honestly if if it were we care about the fighters, and if it was Conor McGregor and whoever, or if it was Anderson Silva and whoever, you don't care if they're fighting on Bellator or UFC or 1FC or whatever. You want to watch the fights. It's about the fights, right? Right. And I just feel that the UFC has, has oddly enough, almost been trying to overshadow the fighters themselves as a brand. And now you have too many interim belts uh, because they always want a championship fight on every card, right. whether it's the ridiculous. champ is there or not. They make an interim belt, and then, like, that interim champ is, like, almost immediately stripped of that belt. Like, Colby Covington gets the, you know, interim strap, and, like, a week later, oh, you're not the welter. So it feels like because there are no stakes anymore. Like, it's like the, the belts don't mean anything. There's no – the one thing you could say about boxing, even though boxing is corrupt as all shit, boxing at least understands the importance of having a lineal champion. Right. And, 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 and the championship being based on uh, – it's kind of a merit-based thing. You know, you have lineal heavyweight champion. You can't even say that about UFC anymore, right? So I think that – I, 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 it's just been kind of killed. And Saturday, I was like teetering. I'm like, am I going to buy this UFC? It's Connor. I love Connor. Tony Ferguson was on that card. I mean, it was a good card. But I was like so burnt out on UFC, I literally just said, you know what? It's probably going to be a shit show in some way or another. Something weird is probably going to happen. And uh, I just said no. And I went to bed at 10. Right, and that right. was it. And I woke up at 3 in the morning and saw Twitter and was like, oh, Jesus. Well, me and my son John watched the fight. And I got to say, it was a fun night of watching fights. There was, there was some really good fights. The Tony Ferguson fight was top notch. Albeit a little bit too bloody for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty bloody. But that was a great fight with the, the Ferguson versus Pettis. Two great fighters really putting it all out there. And really, just like you can just tell, these guys both wanted to win. They were fucking working hard. They were they were all around athletes. They were. It was just just an outstanding, great fight. And uh, Tony Ferguson, like I've always been a fan, but I became like a much bigger fan from him because like you know he just came back from knee surgery. Yeah. And and um, Pettis was really working the knee in the first round, and by five not by two minutes into the fight, Ferguson was limping a little bit. Wow. And he was saying, like, oh, he's fucking done, dude. He's done. Well, you know what? He went out there and put on a fucking clinic. Right. And and um, Derek Lewis. Oh, dude, I can't remember who he fought. He fought a Russian guy. Volkov or something. That yeah. He had the best after-fight interview. I heard I'd about it, but I didn't hear seen. it. Yeah. So after the fight, he takes off his fight shorts. Uh-huh. And he's standing in the cage in, like, basically his underwear, right? Yeah. And Joe Rogan says, why'd you take your shorts off? And he's like, well, my balls are hot. He's like... <laughs> and it was fucking hysterical. And he, and like, he got his ass kicked for two, for two rounds and, and four minutes. Like, he got his ass kicked. He was getting his ass kicked the whole fucking fight. Mm-hmm. And then with 10 seconds left in the fight, he knocked the guy out. Yeah, I heard he just had like some kind of crushing left hand or something. Right, like that and, and the, the best end, is just so Joe, Joe Rogan says to him, you know, what happened in between? You know, what happened that made you? You know, can you explain what happened here? And he says, well, he goes something to the effect of, I'm gonna screw this up a little bit, but something to the effect of like in between the second and third rounds, uh, people don't know. Trump called me and said, you can't lose to this guy. Putin will call me up laughing at me. It was hysterical. <laughs> And, and Rogan said to him, like, um, well, you know, this puts you out there, um, you know, as a contender. You know, who do you, you know, do you think you're ready for the title? And, and he's like, ready for the title? Look at me. I got to sit my ass down and do some cardio, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. He was just such a pleasure to watch. But they're giving him a, a He's title fighting shot DC. with DC. I saw that already, which is incredible. By the way, do you follow Derek Lewis on Instagram? I do. I do. Dude, in fact, I, I put, didn't though. The stuff I, he puts on Instagram is hysterical. He's like he's like a comedian. He's so funny. 
And I love the stuff he puts on Instagram. By the way, Tony Ferguson's Instagram is also really great because you see his training and just how he works. And it's really incredible. And there was even a clip he posted two weeks ago. He was on a wooden dummy. He's got like a wooden dummy in his gym. And he was doing like a bunch of Wing Chun stuff on there. Oh, dude, now I love him even more. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So, yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I was really impressed with Tony Ferguson. and, and, And I got to admit, I was not following Derek Lewis on Instagram. But during that um, post-fight interview, Joe Rogan mentioned that uh, Tony Ferguson's Instagram was the best Instagram to follow. Or Derek Lewis, you mean? Or? Yeah, Derek yeah, Lewis. Yeah. So I so I, I jumped on and followed him. I looked through it. It's, it was hysterical. It was. Uh, but to go a little bit about the con, what happened with Connor. Again, so everybody should probably that listens to the podcast knows I am a Connor fan. You know, um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a Connor fan. I like the dude. Does he say some stupid fucking things? Yeah. Does he do some stupid fucking things? Yeah. But I'm a fan, so it is what it is. Right. Connor got owned for five rounds. He was for four rounds. He call it ring rust, call it whatever you want. Connor was not on his game. And listen, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and be one of those guys, well, he could why did he tap out or he could have done this, he could have I'm not going to do that because, you know what, we all know on Connor's worst day, I wouldn't last three seconds with him. Right, and I'm also Connor is saying- way better at most people. In like People don't realize the levels of jiu-jitsu. It's like people go, like, oh, Connor's not somebody who has good jiu-jitsu. If you just did straight jiu-jitsu with Connor, he would, he would he'd be tapping you right. left and right. It, like People don't realize the levels to the levels. Right, so, I mean, Connor just didn't look like himself. Yeah, the couple of clips I saw, he looked, like, exhausted. I didn't see a clip of him where he even looked good. It looked like his timing was off, his distance was off. Everything was a little off. He always takes those funky angles. None of that. He, you know, he he did pretty good stuff in a couple of takedowns. But Khabib was, he was incredible. Khabib was on. He was passionate. He was obviously well-trained. He's obviously, obviously a brilliant fighter. Now, granted, I'm not a big fan of Khabib's style. I find it boring. Yeah. You know, I don't want to watch Khabib fight every week because, you know, I mean, holding a guy up against a cage and then holding him up against the floor, to me, is not exciting. I like guys that get out there and bang. Right. But make no mistake about it. What Khabib does works, and he wins. You know, he's now 27-0. and 0. He's a fucking brilliant fighter. Yeah. Um, he owned Connor for the whole four rounds. I just there was no ifs and buts about it. Literally, I think about a minute and a half into the fight, he he takes down Connor. Me and my son John were like, "Uh oh, this doesn't look good." Right. It was like you know we we knew right away that that Connor was gonna have a and, rough and night. And of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. But you go like, uh, that is a tough fight to take when you've been out <laughs> for a while. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's exactly right. That's exactly right. So. So now I'm going to talk just a little bit about the aftermath, the aftermath, the, the, the afterbirth of, of that fight. I mean, it was just a clusterfuck. Connor said a whole bunch of stupid shit that he should have never said. But listen, that's what Connor does. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. When did it, did he say it after the fight or what? Oh, well, no, apparently during the fight, he actually oh. apologized. They say he apologized during the fight. Hey, listen, I didn't mean that shit, what I said. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, I mean, again, I didn't hear it, but apparently he said some stuff about the guy's religion and his country. But he always says that shit. All the fighters say that shit. And in case you're thinking that Conor McGregor invented all this stuff, look at Muhammad Ali in, like, 1970. Okay? Ali said all the same shit. Yeah. Okay? This has been going on in the fight game for 30 years, 40 years. And if you you think this is something new, you, you need to, like take a fucking pill and relax a little bit. And what's also funny is trash talking is almost always vilified in the time period it's done and then later in hindsight it's like look how brilliant Muhammad Ali was. Right. But people hated the fact that Muhammad Ali was everybody wanted to see him get his ass kicked because he was talking so much smack you know. Right. Conor McGregor talks smack for one reason to get pay-per-views and it works and it works and you know what And and that's the fight game. Now, you know, what happened after the fight, I thought Khabib was 100% out of line. 
and his crew was 100% out of line. Now, before you get your panties in a fucking uproar with, whoa, kind of threw that thing at the bus, right, he was a fucking moron for doing that. Yeah. He got locked up, and both Alex and I were saying he should get locked right. up for doing yeah. that. Yeah. No one said, well, what Connor did was right and what Khabib did was wrong. Yeah. No, we're saying what they both did was fucking wrong. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? But if we're going to play a high school game and this whole, well, he did this and he deserved that, yeah. reeks of fucking high school. If you want to play the whole high school game, well, you know what? Khabib did start the whole shit. Because him and his fucking thug motherfuckers surrounded Connor's boy, Autumn, and, and, and slapped him around at a UFC event. That's what prompted Connor to fly from Ireland to fucking act like a moron in Brooklyn. So, Khabib and his fucking thug, band of thugs started this bullshit. And listen, after the fight, I don't know, one of Connor's guys yelled something at Khabib. By the way, hearing a grown man say, oh, I jumped out of the ring to fight him because he said something about my father. Right. I cannot help but laugh at you. Yeah. If you, t- if you tell me you went and fought a person because they said something negative about your daddy... Especially somebody who doesn't actually know your father. Right, I mean, it's exactly clearly, right. It's, it's like there's no control over oneself. It's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So, so Khabib jumps out of the cage, and by the way, immediately realized that was a mistake because by the time he got down to the ground, there was like six guys punching the shit out of him. And, the, and then there's all this whole talk about, oh, how Connor threw the first punch against Khabib's brother. Right, who was climbing into the cage to fight Connor. Yes, Connor did defend himself by throwing a punch. You dirtbag motherfuckers. Right. That sit there and say, wait, no, Connor should have waited for this jerk off to punch him before he defended himself? No, that's just moronic. Yes, Connor saw this asshole f- climbing into the cage, a fucking professional fighter, by the way, and he threw a punch to keep the motherfucker away. He did the right thing. Now, I'm not saying I never call for anybody to lose their job. I never call for... I don't want to see anybody get hurt in a wallet. I, you know, listen. People make mistakes. But some kind of punishment has to come down. Just like I said, some kind of punishment had to come down for what happened with Conor McGregor. Right. When he was an asshole in Brooklyn, he got arrested. There's lawsuits. Every fighter on that bus, I hope, sues Conor for fucking whatever he, they can get from him. Because he was a fucking moron and deserves to pay. Right. Khabib and his boys were morons, and they deserved to pay. Right, and and no amount of like, well, so and so did this, and so and so did that. First of all, that's one just is, bullshit. First of all, it's BS. Second of all, you always have when it comes to having an opinion about fairness and politics, the golden rule is always the shoe on the other foot. If the shoe was on the other foot, meaning if it was your person, would you apply the same level of, uh, or would you have the same opinion? And in this case, absolutely, because Connor did a bunch of nonsense. We thought he deserved everything he had coming to him. And then this idea that somehow, oh, well, it's okay in retribution, right? And then people are also trying to invoke, um, you know, uh, Khabib's culture in the back. Well, you don't understand that's his culture. No, 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 no. Nobody gets a free pass on – adults don't get a free pass on behavior because of where they're from or something like that. Because Who gives that a is a bunch of fuck that's his culture? I mean, as that's, if, that's as if, so stupid. As if so, Irish people are not known for being rowdy. So can can hey Connor, motherfucker can can Con, can <laughs> Connor go and just start randomly throwing beer bottles at people and going, hey, it's my culture. You, it, that's how we do it, right? That on what planet does that give somebody a free pass, right? And so I, I just find it's kind of a, it's a very weak argument, and people like it because if they're a Khabib fan. They get to go, oh, no, 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 it's his culture, and therefore, if you say anything about it, you are, you know, anti-this or anti-that. And and the thing is, it's like, no, 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 you're using a really cheap way to shut down an argument because you actually don't want to discuss it on its merits. Connor did a bad thing, and guess what? So did Khabib. They should both be punished independently for the shitty things that they did, and this is independent of what one did to the other and this and that. That's a bunch of nonsense. Come on. And I I, want to say this. Three three assholes got locked up, and Connor and his and his group refused to press charges. Right. I love that what Connor said. He goes, he goes. They, they they asked him if he press charges, and he just said, "Listen, they don't like us. We don't like them. It's over." 
Right. You know, I, I, he was like a gentleman about it. Yeah. Now, the, 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 the UFC is looking to cut, I think, two of those guys. Because two of those guys were fighters on the UFC roster. Oh, really? With the guys on Khabib's team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of them is supposed to fight Connor's guy, Connor's guy Artem. Oh. In an upcoming fight. I see. They The UFC's already said that they're going to kick that guy out of the UFC and obviously cancel that fight. Mm. Now, Artem has said, no, don't do that. I want to fight him. Right. You know what I mean? Let, let's let's settle this in the cage the way it's supposed to be settled. You know, I mean... I think the I problem just, is, and, and I'm not a UFC apologist, but I mean, I just... <laughs> we opened this uh, right. podcast with me telling how much I don't like UFC, but the thing is, the problem with that kind of like, let's do the justice in the cage, the fans might like, but the problem is that there need and I'm not advocating for anybody losing their job. The, the thing is that there has to be some kind of rule, right? There, exactly. There has right. to be something, right? And if you apply it to this guy, you literally have to apply it to everybody else. Otherwise, it's not fair. And the UFC never really does that. Many times they favored Connor in certain, you know, in allowing him to do certain things like a fight in boxing that they didn't let other fighters do, right? Anderson Silva wanted to fight in boxing. They didn't let him do it, right? But they let Connor do it, right? So Why? So, Why did they let Connor do it? Because it's all money. Because it's money. Yeah. Because Connor brought in the money. Yeah. If you bring in the money, you get to do what the fuck you want. If at my job, if I did something stupid, I may get fired. Another guy who does the same thing but brings more money into my firm may not. It's just yeah. the way the just the way the world works. Anyway, though, Sean, I was just looking at we're like what almost twenty minutes into the podcast and we've only talked about MMA. I'm I can sorry. imagine all our Wing Chun and Chief Kendo guys. Again. Will you guys stop talking about that? Don't okay, you know I that apologize. MMA, don't you know MMA is not real? They don't allow eye gouges. Oh God. <laughs> So we gotta we gotta get back on. Yes, you're right. I, well, okay, so sorry. That's enough MMA for tonight. I, uh, because I got more to say though. Forget about, it, but I won't. It's, it's, but um, anyway, yeah, right. We we do talk about something like Wing Chun or something once in a while. Wing Chun, Jeet Kune Do, something like that. There yeah. you go. There you go. Well, you know, I have something to talk about Jeet Kune Do for a quick second. Yeah. And then I actually have a question for you, which oh. I probably should have run past you before we talked, but All right, no fuck problem. it, I like to surprise you anyway. <laughs> so, I have never been the kind of guy in JKD to call out phonies, ever. Yeah. I'm not saying it's something that shouldn't be done. I'm not saying that the art can't police itself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just saying, for me personally, that's never been my thing. Right. I'm, not a, I'm just not my, I'm just not, I don't care. Too busy doing your own thing anyway. I'm too busy doing my own. I'm too busy looking good. Yeah. <laughs> but to, quote, recent, to quote the late Jim Kelly. <laughs> the quarterback for the new Buffalo Bills? <laughs> no, enter the <laughs> dragon. I'll be too, when he tells Han about he won't even know he's going to be defeated because he'll be too busy and looking, looking good. good. <laughs> but yes. recently, I read a post by a guy who is the biggest phony I know in Jeet One of the biggest fucking bullshit artists in Jeet Kune Do that mm-hmm. I know. Yes. Saying that he is going to start exposing phonies. Oh, wow. Interesting. And going, I said, on, going on the attack, I suppose. And I said to myself, you know what? I don't do the whole, he's a phony, he's a phony, and right. here's why I think he's a phony. Yeah. But let me put it this way. If you start to do that, I know you listen to the podcast. So if you start doing that, I'm going to embarrass you and your Sifu because I know something about them that you don't know. And I am going to expose the phonies right here on the podcast and on my website. And I will make you fucking cringe. Be a fucking adult. Concern yourself with who you fucking are. And if you're a fucking phony, you know deep down in your heart you're f- bombs. You're a fucking phony, and we Jeez. both know you're a phony. Savage. And and we kind you you kind of know it that you're a little bit of a fucking pussy. And if you're gonna be a big man on campus and on Facebook about oh I'm gonna expose this guy and that guy, I may get annoyed. Maybe I may get annoyed. Wow. I just find it really distasteful. This whole idea of like, and you know what? And I find it distasteful. When it's guys, when it comes from guys that are seriously legit, I find it distasteful. Right. To know that it's coming from some asshole that is just like a bullshit honest, 
then I'm gonna I may I may have to come back at you. I, I may or may not. I don't know. We'll see what the mood I'm in that day. Wow, wow, that's that's crazy. You man, you, you, that was a very dense f bomb diet. I, I, again, <laughs> if you listen to the podcast with your children. This is the point. You should lower it down 10 minutes ago. <laughs> wow, you're going to have to tell me after we finish recording who this is. You didn't mention this to me at all. <laughs> wow, incredible. So, yeah, you said you also wanted to mention something about Wing Chun. Yes, I have a question for you, young man. Yes. So, recently you posted a picture on Facebook, I believe, or Instagram or whatever social media. It was this awesome poster about Yip Man. And um, and you in the in the uh, the topic of the poster was something to the effect of like friends don't let friends spell it IP man or something to that <laughs> yes, effect. Yes, yes, yes. And it really got me thinking about you and your school, which we all know I love Alex's school. Like, I love Alex's school. Alex's school to me is the bomb. And I say this to people when Alex is there and not there. This is you know Alex doesn't pay me to freaking talk about his school. It is the bomb. I love the people that train there. I love the school itself. The worst part about the whole thing is fucking Alex. You know, it's like... <laughs> I thought you were going to say going up the four flights of stairs. No, you know what? That's Even that is just healthy. <laughs> now, I don't want to do it, but it's healthy. Right. I think it's brilliant that you have it up there. I just think the whole thing is awesome. Maybe you could put a parking lot in. But, um, <laughs> but so I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know... If it's so important to Alex to spell it properly, Yipman, mm-hmm. why do you still use the WT? I mean, you're no longer under the whole um, Lung Ting organization. And I know the WT was something that um, Lung Ting used to just kind of differentiate, differentiate his, yes. his, uh, his guys, his organization, mm-hmm. you know, from other organizations, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. But I noticed, like, um, you still use some of the Lung Ting looking-ish uniforms. Right. You know, the pants with the stripe on it. Yeah. Um, I know we still wear the girl slippers. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and I just was saying, like, if you if Yip Man, the spelling is so important to you, right. why don't you go to VT, which was what the man himself used? Right. Well, uh, actually, that's a really good question, um, and it, it's uh, it's kind of a simple answer for it. And then there's kind of like uh, I suppose like the more kind of in depth idea behind it. Um, WT has become its own brand within the Wing Chun world. It's kind of inextricably linked to Leung Tang, and I learned from him for many years. I was in his association. I was his representative in New York City and, and um, you know, for, for better or worse, followed him for, for a majority of my uh, teaching career so far. But um, w, WT, like that specific spelling, Leung Teng has always gone with the kind of idea that he has this uh, spelling trademarked, meaning that WT is like trademarked towards his organization and only people who are officially in the Leung Ting, so-called authorized schools, can use the WT spelling. And um, actually, that is a total lie. <laughs> and, 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 and what, what, he, what he doesn't understand is that any knucklehead, uh, myself included, can go online to the U.S. Patent and Trade Office and look up trademarks. And you can clearly see that they had tried uh, two or three times to get the trademark on that spelling and failed. And um, the reasons behind it are seem somewhat arbitrary, but um, he goes with, he even will put in his books, like, he'll even use the R with the circle sometimes, which right, is right, actually right. illegal. <laughs> you could put a TM, but when you put registered trademark and you, in fact, do not have a registered trademark, that is, in fact, not the way to do it. Um, so what he does is, and he does it kind of partially to create this, a bit of a cult about... Um, his guys have this spelling and if you leave the association you are no longer allowed to use it so you therefore lose the brand because um it's not so much a matter of vt because vt until more recently was not a popular spelling of the art uh in recent years uh, especially after the passing of wong sun um vt spelling has got a little bit more prominent 
Um, but it used to just be kind of like another one of the weird ways of spelling the art, even though it was the one that Yip Man used in his association. It didn't really catch on because it, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's inaccurate with that V, you know what I mean? So, sure. um, so, learn, so the common spelling is the WC acronym, W-I-N-G-C-H-U-N. Yeah. The problem is that in most of the non-American English speaking, or I should say non, let's say Western world, w, the initials WC mean water closet, which means toilet. Right. So you go to Europe and you see the sign WC, that means that's the toilet there, right? So the idea was that if you use the standard, you know, American spelling with the C-H-U-N, and you have to create an association with an, an, an um, acronym, you're basically, you're doing toilet Wing Chun, right? And they were also sensitive to this in Hong Kong as well, because Hong Kong being a British colony, they also used WC as well. So I think that was also part of the reason why they went with VT, because they didn't want WC. They didn't want that as an acronym. So they would like any spelling but that one, even if it didn't make sense, right? Right, right, right. So, um, so anyway... Uh, the, the WT spelling became synonymous with Leung Ting's organization, and for the longest part, only people in Leung Ting's organization used it, and people who left Leung Ting's organization would uh, use another spelling, whether that was VT or WC or whatever. The funny thing is in Europe, <laughs> this is super funny, uh, people who left the WT organization in Europe really did believe that there was a trademark, but they did not want to give up the WT acronym. So you have to see the dumb ass versions I've of seen. WT in Europe. T-J-U-N, T-J-U-N-G, T-S-U-N-G, T-Z-U-N. I even once saw, I think, T-X-U-N, which I don't even know how that works. But they just want to keep it WT because... Uh, the differences between the Wing Chun styles are small and great, but Leung Ting has a very specific methodology, has a very specific teaching program, and it's been very successful, and people like it, right? So people st still want to be associated with WT because it, to a certain demographic, speaks for a certain level of quality and a certain level of teaching progression, right? Uh, mainly in Europe. As far as... For me, um, the reason I did is, one, before I even left the Lengting organization, I, in fact, had gotten a service mark on City Wing Chun. I actually own it as a trademark, my name. <laughs> and I owned that name while I was in the association. So I had more of a trademark than the Lengting organization did on that. <laughs> but my trademark wasn't on the WT spelling. It was on City Wing Chun and my right. logo, right? And so that was, the, that was my school name. And something small, like leaving the association, wasn't going to make me change that. Because they, they do it as a point of pride. When someone leaves the association, oh, now they have to change their spelling because they're not part of the brand. I didn't because I know that they don't have a trademark and there's nothing they can do about it. I am the proof that they do not have a trademark because they would have sued me if they did. So I just kept the name because I learned from Sifu Lanteng. The methods that I teach are from him. Of course, in the years since then, I've refined some of the things and I've changed the teaching um, order of certain things a little bit. But I mean, if you come to my school and you've done WT before, you would recognize it as WT. It's a very Hong Kong style WT with some modern teaching methods and lots of sparring, right? So um, I... That's what I teach, and I'm still loyal to the methods that I learned. I mean, if, if I used another spelling, VT is commonly associated with Wong Sunung and Moyat, and I don't want to give the people the impression that I am now somehow teaching that, right? Because that would be disrespectful to Wong Sunung and Moyat, and I know there are other people who use that spelling as well uh, in Hong Kong, um, but uh, in the Western world, it's most closely linked to those two. So I would find it a bit disingenuous if I used that. I sure as hell am not going to use the water closet spelling except for the title of my books because that's the title. That, that's how pe most people know it. I call it the Wing Chun C-H-U-N companion book series like my Sunam Tao book. 
because maybe people don't know what TSUN is or something like that, right? But um, I did it basically to remain loyal to the methods and also to thumb my nose at my former association, saying, yeah, go ahead and take the spelling away from me. Do, do your best. <laughs> so I'm, I'm permanently a thorn in their side, which makes me more than happy. Not in Learnington's side. When, when I say the association, I mean the idiots he has in charge in the U.S. They're really like, it's, it's really run by the Three Stooges. It's a, it, it could be its own reality show, these, these four incompetent, out-of-shape Wing Chun instructors pretending they still have an association. Uh, it's just so funny. So, it, you know, uh, um, that's the reason why I kept it, because uh, I'm, I'm loyal to the methods, and not loyal to the association, but loyal to the methods, and it's my brand now. Oh, it people, makes sense. I'll tell and also tell you what people within the Learning organization come to me to learn from me in New York all the time, because they're <laughs> they're not they they want to stay in that association, but they're not uh, they're not satisfied with the level of teaching. Also, Sifu Learning cannot teach seminars in the U.S. that much, so other so-called official. WT schools from the U.S. Their instructors come to me in New York and learn from me um, and from other parts of the uh, of, of the world. Um, so I still regularly teach, quote unquote, official WT people. Of course, I do it secretly because if their association found out, they would get in trouble. But like I have no problem teaching them. They can come and learn from me. It doesn't bother me at all. So um, if, if they if they knew who if the association knew who was if Leung Ting knew which one of his guys or guy, plural and females as well are coming to learn from me. Ho, ho, ho. There would be some uproar in that association, man. Holy cow. He would I, cannot, kick, I cannot wrap my head around he that. Would, he, I, would, he would kick out half his U.S. association if they knew. <laughs> that is crazy. Like that, It would be the day I gave up anything in the martial arts. Right. The day that I allowed somebody to tell me who I was allowed to train with. Yeah, well, that's I mean, just they, that they, will they never behind, happen. They hide behind Chinese culture. Uh, I mean, I, I understand. Give me a fucking like, break. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand, like, uh, to a certain degree on the traditional side of things, why, you know, if somebody follows their Sifu, why the, 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 you know, they might not want somebody to go to somebody else who might um, take their money. Yeah, give them some misinformation or maybe, you know, because there are all, a lot of hucksters out there. You know, see, sometimes we protect our students from shitty in people. You know what I mean? And I understand I understand that as a protective function. The problem is that they just do it wholesale to everybody else. And here's the gag. Within the WT Association, they even don't like it if you train at other WT schools. Uh, even though it's supposed to be one association, one family, but the Learn Tang Association stopped being a family forty years ago, man. I mean, that, that, that's all—it's all just in name. So, well, see, um, like, yeah. like what you said about protecting your students, totally get that, totally agree. They're all phonies out there, and if someone came to one of my guys came to me and said, "Hey, I was thinking about going to train with so and so," like the guy you were mentioning just a moment ago, I would say, "Are you out of your fucking mind? Did you start smoking crack?" <laughs> <laughs> but if he came to me and said, oh, I'm going to this Dan Santos seminar or I'm going to who's obviously fucking brilliantly legit. He's just in a different lineage than me. Right. You say, hey, dude, have a good time. Take notes. Let me know what you learned. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, I'm going to train with some guy who trained under Burton Richardson or, you know, some other. Awesome. Have a blast. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. like I me, mean, my guys have regularly trained with. You and the guys up in Boston, how many times now, you know? Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's awesome. I think it's fantastic. And I, I, I can't understand, you know, other than, like, what you said, protecting them against somebody you obviously know is a phony. Yeah. Like, to tell someone who, to tell someone that they, your students that they can't go train with somebody who's legit, they just happen to be doing something different than you. I have a problem with that. Like, yeah, I kind of feel like that's wrong, you know? Yeah, that's... But the, the problem is that because the, the way the WT Association is put together as a business, they have a lot of very strict rules about um, how and when you can learn the advanced training. So if you want to learn Buji, you got to pay this to the association. Only this guy and this guy can teach you. And they don't want you, like, getting that information and bypassing the system. Right, because uh, of money. It, because of, yeah, no, it's 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 all because of money. So um, that was actually one of the things that I did away with when I quit the WT Association. Is I just uh, everything in my school is based on merit, and right. it's, it's not you know, you know somebody's qualified to learn Buji, then they learn Buji, and they, they don't have to jump through hoops and pay 
all these exorbitant program fees and all this kind of stuff. So it, it, it's like, um, yeah, it's very different. I don't even like we still do the student level testing. Um, but I don't even charge testing fees in my school. Like that's included in the tuition. So and you you go for your rank when you're ready for it. So it's not like about like oh you got to pay me this for your certificate. Right. Sure. The the program is is based on how fast you advance through it. It's included in the price of tuition, and uh, we even include the equipment in the price of tuition. When somebody joins the school, they join. They get the uniform. They get the gloves. They get the shin pads. They get, it's like here, just this is everything you need. You got it. Just bring it to class. And, and that way, so it's not like this kind of nickel and diming thing where it's like, oh, and now you got to pay this and now you got to pay this. I'm like kind of just you know, one flat fee, you get everything. And so um, and, and that's something that I even I proposed that to the WT organization when I was still in it. I said, you know, you could like charge a little bit more, but then just include everything because then people won't right. feel like they're nickel. Holy cow. When I said that, I might as well have been in the middle of church cussing like a sailor. The reactions that I got, it's like, oh. How dare you? You know, like uh, I even told them, like some instructors can't afford to pay the um, the fees for their own program. Let's say you're running a school, right? You're teaching every day, but you also want to continue learning wooden dummy or chigurk or whatever. Well, some of their fees were so high, the instructor who should know all this stuff couldn't even afford to pay the fees for their own training. And I said, why don't you just have like a, a low monthly rate that they can like pay off these fees over time? rather than have to pay it all at once if they don't have the money, which is like a really sensible thing to say. Like, it's like, man, right. maybe, maybe it costs $1,000 to learn the Chigurk program or whatever it is, right? Maybe the instructor doesn't have $1,000 right now. So charge them 100 bucks a month for 10 months or something like that. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. Or charge them a little bit more, 110 so there's interest, right? Something like they could even earn more money. When I brought something like this up, holy cow, it was like, what is wrong with you? That's not how it works. And and they have and the gag is they literally have no success in the US. The only WT organization that's successful is Europe because it has no input from Lang Ting. It's run by Sivu Kenspecht and his team who know what they're doing. And basically anything Lang Ting says, they do the opposite and they're successful, right? <laughs> the moment Lang Ting gets his hands on everything, he just he just turns it to hell, man. So so it, it's 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 an unfortunate thing, but yeah, I mean part of the reason why I keep it is I I like to rub their noses in it, and I'm, I'm the same with the Yip Man spelling, which I've talked about before. Um, folks, I don't care how many movies come out. I don't care what the sons of Yip Man say, all right? The original spelling is Y-I-P. You can look at it on the articles of, of his association that he formed in 1972, the Yip Man Martial Art Association, spelled with a Y while he was still alive. His son spelled it with a Y. Everyone spelled it with a Y. The only thing that they have is some stupid ID card that, that had his name as Ip Yat. It wasn't even Yip Man. And that was an ID card that was created when he was still worried about the Chinese government finding him. Mm. So he created some kind of – it wasn't even Ip Man. It was Ip Yat. And it's on one ID card. And every other piece of evidence shows us that he always spelled it Y-I-P except for right. one erroneous ID card. And you have Louis Locke in Hong Kong and all these other guys who have created this – this thing that no 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 if you're not spelling it ip you are you are wrong and the thing is that this is a nonsense conspiracy that came up in the 90s every time i write an article for wing chun illustrated they change all my yips to ips because now that's the so-called official spelling and of course i right. let them change it for the magazine right but um no folks um no that's nonsense it's absolutely nonsense and there are people surnamed Yip, all right, the same surname as Yip Man, who do spell it IP. It is one of the terrible British phonetizations of the Yip Man name um, the, the, or the Yip uh, surname because a lot of these were misspelled by some British official when Hong Kong was a British colony. And, the, and uh, I don't know if it's difficult for people to understand that some British rubber stamp official in an office in Hong Kong somewhere in the 1950s might not know the best way to spell a Chinese right, exactly. name using the alphabet. Like you have my wife's name. My, my, my wife's uh, uh, maiden name is Yan. Yan is spelled, should be spelled Y-A-N. But, and some Chinese spell that Y-A-N. Some, and my wife, the spelling she has is Y-I-N. So you would look at that and say Yin, and that's not even close to being the right pronunciation. It's Yan. Why? And other people, like Donnie Yen, spells it Y-E-N, but it's pronounced Yan. His surname is Yan, not Yen. 
So you have one surname spelled Yin, Yan, and Yen, and it's the same Chinese character. So the thing is, I'm not saying that there are not um, people surnamed Yip. Who's, um, there are many. I even have friends with the Yip surname that spell it I-P. Like, that's, right, right. that is a spelling of it. But it doesn't seem that that was the one that Yip Man himself used, save for one stupid ID card that doesn't seem like it really mattered much. When he formed his own association, he spelled it Y-I-P. All of his students during his lifetime, including Bruce Lee, spelled it Y-I-P. And this silly IP spelling came in the 90s. Even Yip Man's own sons spelled it with a Y until the 90s. Did they suddenly remember that their father's name was spelt another way 20 some odd years after their father died? This is absurd. This is propagandist nonsense. I invoke everybody out there to join me to re <laughs> to, to, to bring back Yip, okay, Y-I-P, don't let anyone correct you. You just spell it Y-I-P. And then if they say anything, I want you to say this sentence to them. Wilson Yip directed Ip Man. Wilson Yip was the director of Yip Man. Spells his name Y-I-P. So anyway, but I digress. <laughs> say no to Ip, people. Just say no to Ip. <laughs> so why the pants? Um, well, another... And listen, this is just me being annoying. No, 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 not at all. Um, well, another, I think... Uh, I just think you, you've... In my mind, and I know this is ridiculous because his organization is huge. Yeah. But in my mind, you have the biggest and best school in New York City. Yeah. So in my mind, because I'm from New York, yes. there's New York, and then there's a little bit less than New York. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of feel like your school is the benchmark that I measure other Wing Chun schools against, right? Mm -hmm. So it's time. Like, let people try and be like Alex as opposed to Alex being like Lung yes. Ting School. Like, well, you know, like, I kind of feel like, 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 the hell with all that other bullshit. Like, like I kind of feel like your school rocks. Right. And, and this is absolutely none of my business. But every time I see you wear the pants, I'm like... Man, get those fucking things off. That's Long Ting's bullshit. Get something on there that screams Alex. Everybody, it should be like well, everybody saying, you know what, I want to wear the pants like Alex wears. Right. Well, the thing is, the uh, the difference is always in the details. So when I when I quit, I had no intention of like rebranding myself totally opposite to Long Ting because as it turns out right now, I am probably one of the main guys in WT who has a high profile who's not in Lung Ting's organization. Because people like Sergio, who used to be high profile in WT, they do their own thing now. I mean, Sergio is, is, is kind of out in left field doing something that remotely resembles Wing Chun. Um, and, and so he's not in the WT conversation anymore, right? But people really like Lung Ting's system, but most people don't like Lung Ting. So I, I have kind of marketed myself as like, you want to learn Lung Ting's system without the nonsense, you can come to me. And one of the things about Lung Ting's system that I thought was actually good is he has a very um, logical ranking system. So you have like student progression and then you have an instructor progression. And so the pants with the stripes are for instructors and then we have like the thicker stripes are for the masters. So that's easily recognizable because the brand is so big. So I, I feel that it's a little bit more inviting when WT people from all over the world come and they see something that they're familiar with. Um, right. Having said that, we, we, do, uh, we don't wear the jackets. So I don't wear the Lung Ting jackets. I got rid of that. It's t-shirts. We also do have fight shorts as well, but like we still use the, the pants setup with the technician stripes for instructors. But the material, the Lamting pants are like heavy, um, oppr oppressive cotton. And we use like a very light modern material, which is almost like an Adidas track pants. So it's kind of like I took the Lamting design and I just updated it in a way where it's like I pay homage to my lineage and to my, mm. to my roots. But I'm now kind of doing it in a new way. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm very proud of, of having learned from him, even if I'm not proud of the things that he himself has done or his association has done. So I'm, I'm, I could have changed it. And who knows, maybe in, maybe in five to ten years, uh, I decide to do an overhaul and, and change it. But right now, I find that it's still, um, it, it, it's kind of like a modern take on a classic 
um, on, on, on the classic school of Wing Chun, you know? So, yeah, gotcha. so that's kind of, that's kind of the reason why I do it. But besides that, actually, I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it at all. We thought about that when I quit the association and we were going to keep more or less the same idea. Um, most of my creative input has been in the teaching program and updating how it's taught, how we do the sparring, how we build the students step by step. And I spent less time thinking about things like the uniforms. But, yeah, maybe in five years, uh, you know, everyone is wearing a jujitsu gi in my school or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that with Yip Man's face embroidered on the back or something. That's awesome. <laughs> Who knows? That's a joke, by the way, guys. But just in case, because sometimes my students listen to this and they, they don't know that I'm being sarcastic. So it's like That's I just awesome. need to make it clear. Yeah, I'm, I might have been joking with that. So. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm still not going to make it clear. No, no, no. If, if we if we do the change for the uniforms, it, it's always um, it's always going to be in the direction of the modern, in the direction of things that people can move around well in. So right, we, right, we right. actually, in addition to the regular, so we just wear like the light Wing Chun pants. And the T-shirt, and um, I like I like the traditional Wing Chun shoes because they allow the students to learn the footwork a little bit more cleanly. They have a suede sole instead of a plastic sole, um, and uh, but uh, we also have like MMA style shorts for fight classes and for summertime when people don't want to wear the pants and stuff. So we do have we do have a couple little updates in there as well. We use like MMA style shin pads and boxing gloves and elbow and knee pads. So it's got a, it's got a much more modern feel than, than, than the old learning way for sure. But it's still, it's still classic. I, I'm still, which is kind of like my, I'm, I, I like to modernize things, but I'm still kind of a classic Kung Fu geek at heart. So I like to retain certain, certain elements like that. You know, I feel that, that, that keeps it honest for me. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds, that, that sounds legit. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So w when, you, but when you have taught Wing Chun from time to time, do you actually use the VT spelling, or do you use a more generic? Like, how how did you how do you do it? Okay, so I used first of all, I use the VT spelling, but I'll be totally honest with you. I always always thought of Wing Chun as WC. Mm -hmm. You know, like that was just to me that was Wing Chun. That's how you spell the Wing Chun. That's how I knew Wing Chun. Especially coming from a JKD background, it was just, I mean, everything, everybody just referred to it as, you know, in the spelling of WC. And it wasn't until I started working with uh, my Sifu Tom Kagan that he explained to me about, you know, VT yeah. and um, why and how Moyat used it. And, um, and it just kind of made sense to me. And so, I mean, because I, I had said to him, like, do you care? And he says, I don't give a shit what you Right. Use, you know. Tom Kagan seems cool on those points. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's just like I don't give a shit. He's just yeah. like yeah. But um, but I thought like you said like it was kind of like a an homage to my lineage and it, it kind of makes sense and you know I, I kind of feel like if 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 Yip Man made the switch from WC to VT, if Moyat used VT, if my Sifu uses VT. I'm going to use VT. Now, right. if there comes a time when I really want to piss everybody in that lineage off, I will use something else. Right. But I, um, I, I, you know, I, I think it's kind of cool, the whole VT thing, you know? Yeah, the, and I, I think it's like, I mean, I understand how everyone's the, like... The Ving Rains. The Ving Rains. <laughs> the Ving Rains spelling. Well, I, I mean, I, 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 I always understand the whole idea. Like, everyone's like, oh, we're just one family. And like, yes, we're originally from the same source, but like... Um, people don't like to be honest. The, the Wing Chun family as a whole has not been a family for a very, very long time. And people like to say it, everyone's your brother when you see them. And the thing is, the gag is when you meet people face to face, everyone is super nice. Everyone is like super collegial. You know what I mean? The question is when no one's around, all right, when, when, when you're not putting on your public face, what do you say in those moments? Because for me, that is that is more of the true assessment of your tr how tribal you are, how really open you are to other things, right? And for sure, we can all say we come from Yipman, right? And uh, so we're all kind of connected in that way. But Wing Chun has become so fragmented. Even the individual schools have become fragmented that I think that Sometimes these spelling distinctions, uh, while they are a bit tribal and there's a lot of fighting and bickering over them, they can sometimes kind of just make things clear. You know, like if you see the VT spelling, you know it's usually either a Moyat guy or a Wong Sun Lung guy. So you have a little bit of that brand. 
if you see practical Wing Chun, you know it's Wang Kam Leung. If you see WT, you know it's some Leung Ting guy, right? And so th there is a little bit of novelty to that where you can kind of look at the spelling and kind of have an idea. Now, there may be good and bad because people might have preconceived notions, but, you know, uh, it, it does allow people to have their own little brand. And I think that at the end of the day, that's not the worst thing in the world because uh, I... Um, I have spent so much time with famous Wing Chun masters. The most famous from direct students of Grandmaster Yip Man to grand students of Yip Man to whatever. And with very, very few exceptions, I never met somebody, especially on those upper echelons, who didn't kind of think, yeah, those other guys are good too. But what I got's a little bit better. Like, yeah, sure. you, you know what I mean? And the thing is, like, yeah, it, they would never say that openly. You know what I mean? But the thing is, like, if, if, if we're going to have an honest discussion, we have to understand that this is kind of the default setting that Wing Chun has gone under for a very long time. So, of course, then it manifests itself in funny wars about spelling and stuff like that. But we all know it's much deeper than that. <laughs> we all know that it's about... Uh, who's you know who, the perception of who learned what and who's this guy and uh, did this guy really learn from this guy or whatever a lot of stuff has been said about the vt spelling and, and yip man and everything like that and i think that uh I, I think that a lot less thought went into it than people like like in hindsight people like to create bigger stories than actually existed um, All right. a lot of a lot of talk has gone on about yip man's english because according to the uh, history that we know, Grandmaster Yip Man studied English at St. Stephen's College when he came to Hong Kong when he was young. This is supposedly the time that he learned from Leung Bik. And of course, apropos Wing Chun controversies, did Leung Bik even exist, right? So that's right, like a right, whole right. wormhole in itself, right? So, but the funny thing is, there is there are really no instances of anybody hearing Yip Man speak English. Although he supposedly studied it in college, right? And I know only one story. And unfortunately, like, I have a very good memory for stories and I have a very good memory for anecdotes that people told me. But here is one, and I will say, do you remember, like, Fuzzy Memories with Jack Handy on Saturday Night Live, right? Yes. <laughs> kind of like, all right, well, I'll be honest here. Here's a fuzzy memory with the Kung Fu genius, all right? I remember being in the car with my Seagong. And he was telling me a story about Yip Man trying to say something in English. And he said that one time he was hanging out. It was Leung Ting and Tang Sang, the famous detective. And they were hanging out with Yip Man as they often did in the late 60s. And there was something written on the back of a car. Now, I, uh, here's where it's kind of fuzzy. I don't know if it was the... Um, the brand of the car. I don't know if it was a personalized license plate. I don't know if it was a bumper sticker, if those even existed back then. But something was on the back of the car. And they were walking with the old man, and the old man looked at it, and he tried to, like, say what it was on there. Like, you know, sometimes you see something, and you just read it out loud, like, almost to yourself. Right, right, right. And Yip Man read whatever this was, and he totally mucked it up. Like, you know, it was something like, and it was something like, maybe it's like the, the brand Datsun or something like that, right? Maybe right, you saw right, Datsun right, right. on the back of the car and he goes, uh, Dashman or something like that. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and, and uh, that's a Dashman car or something like that, right? And of course, Leung Tang and Tang Sang looked at each other because they both spoke English and they knew that the old man literally butchered whatever the hell he was looking at, right? And of course... They're not going to say anything, right? They're just going right, to kind right, of right. smile, you know, as you do with your old Chinese Sifu or Sigong or whoever, right? And so that was literally the only story I ever heard in relation to Yip Man and spelling or anything like that. As far as I understood, the VT spelling had a little bit to do with the fact that they were trying to avoid the WC acronym, uh, acronym sorry, and that um, I do believe that Yip Man falsely thought that v was pronounced as a w so um, from the things that i heard other people have said no 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 it's because of the tonal changes no 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 no. Uh. the tone has nothing to do with the opening uh, uh consonant sound because there is no v sound in cantonese on any cantonese speaker's worst day there is there is literally no v sound in cantonese so to use V and say that that has something to do with tonal inflection is um, uh, 
as someone who studies Cantonese, I have to kind of call a little bit of nonsense on that. I, I believe that Yip Man looked at V and thought it was a W and thought it was pronounced as a W. And the T-S-U-N, okay, you can say it's a little bit sharper because Wing Chun is not Chun. It's actually Wing Chun, cha-cha-cha. It's a little bit shorter in the mouth. So you could say a T-S could be pronounced as a sharp C-H, and that's a totally acceptable way of doing it. But V, no. But, but it became synonymous with Yip Man's association. Uh, which he had to form in 1966 because of the uh, British law that you had to form an association, um, and so I think that that's I think that's what happened. So, and I think in hindsight, people have made a big deal out of it. No, you you don't understand. The V spelling is actually because of their nine tones in. Ca- I don't know about that. That <laughs> sounds like nonsense. So uh, and, 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 and Yip Man knew nothing about explaining tones to a foreigner. He couldn't even pronounce English. So anyway, right. One of one of the first things I learned from Tom, probably like I think the first thing, well, and he did this with a smile on his face. I actually looked it up right now because I wanted to make sure I got it correct. So I'm not gonna lie. I used to say sticky hands. Yes. So when I first when um because so I met my Sifu Tom. I've said this in the past, while I was running an MMA gym, and he came down to train MMA with me. And it was after class in, in BSing with each other that we uh, discovered that he did Wing Chun, and I asked him to start teaching me. And I said to him, can we, after class, I remember one day I said to him, after class when everybody leaves, can we do sticky hands? And he smiled and he said, sure. And after everybody left, he, he told me this cool little saying. He says, it's sticking hands, not sticky hands. Right. And he said, Moyat, the quote that he remembers Moyat saying specifically is, I don't know much word, I don't know much English. This word I happen to know. <laughs> <laughs> and he explained to me the difference between sticky hands and sticking hands. And I was like, oh my God, how did I never think of this before, you know? Right, right, right. And uh, it was like, I really think that was like the first thing I ever learned from Tom Cake. You know, it's interesting. Um, uh, you know, we, we talked about it before. My movement book just came out, but I'm already almost done with the next book, which is about the 15 T-cell fundamentals, which I mentioned before. And I talk about these things in there like, definitions and it's like on my mind right now because I literally just wrote a book about it Um, but yeah it's like well sticking implies the action whereas sticky is just like you know right actually if you think about it's kind of odd kind of gross if you had sticky hands right Um, but like sticking applies that something active is going on and one of the um, like if you actually look up the character T for T's help in a Cantonese word book that has nothing to do with martial arts. For me, the, the real test is always when you look up these definitions in like a Cantonese book that's not skewed for martial arts. It's just like a word book or an right, online sure, thing, sure. right? And then what is like the general non-martial arts context? And one of the ones that comes up regularly for that is clinging. Mm. And I think clinging is also really good because clinging has more of a kind of an adaptive quality to it. Whereas like to stick implies something like, like a pe- you stick something with a piece of glue and then it's just stuck and then it's kind of dead. You know what I mean? But if you imagine that something is clinging, the same way you could say sticking can then right. make it more of kind of an act of doing it as opposed well, to like it's, it's, stuck. It's a, ver- it's a verb versus a noun. Yes, exactly. Um, so... I've been trying in my own like day-to-day thing to kind of convert to saying clinging when I say it instead of sticky or sticking, right? But um, the other thing too is Cantonese, the word sao can mean arm or hand. So actually it's clinging or sticking arms, not hands. Right, right, right. Sao can mean hand, like if you say tan sao, it means the palm is up. But if you say bong sao, are you really touching with the hand or with the wrist, right? right so right. actually, you know, I always make the joke, and I probably made it on the podcast before. Chinese has nine words for rice, 
but the word for hand and arm are the same. Right. <laughs> of course, I'm half joking. That it, it, they also have a word specifically for arm, but it can mean both, and that's where it gets kind of confusing. The same way gut can mean leg or foot, right? Right, sure. Or kick, depending on the context. So, you know. So, anyway, by the way, my cheese out book should be ready for Christmas time, which I'm super excited about because. Uh, um, I, I feel like this is the kind of book I wish existed when I was training. And I also feel that from my first book to my current one, and also with all the writing I do for Wing Chun Illustrated, you, you, I, did I tell you the reason I started writing my column for Wing Chun Illustrated? No. Because I don't think I'm a great writer and I wanted to practice. Okay, so, so first of all, let's reassure you. You are not a great writer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Get that right out of your head. <laughs> no, you are. I'm only kidding. So I, I, I literally wanted to improve the skill of writing. And uh, my first book I thought was, was pretty good, but it was very clinical. And I wanted to improve, like, my style of writing, like my kung fu of writing, right? Because I read a lot of great authors, and, and sometimes I get, like, really jealous of people who have these amazing writing styles. And I go, damn it, I'm not there yet. And I go, of course I'm not there yet. I don't practice writing. I practice Wing Chun every day. And if my Wing Chun right. sucked, there would be a problem, right, with the amount of Wing Chun that I do, right? My writing sucks. Makes sense because I don't write that much. So I, I partially became a writer for Wing Chun Illustrated because I just wanted to improve my craft of writing. I wanted to be wittier and have better transitions and, 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 and get better at, at, at kind of the art of telling, uh, of explaining things and telling stories. So I also feel that this book is now, like, it's my third attempt. On, I feel like I'm getting better at it. Or at least there I hope go. I'm getting better at it. So... So anyway, that should be coming when that comes out. I'll let, I'll let everybody know about it. And uh, for those people who are wondering how to get my movement book um, and, and also my old Sunum Tell book, you can get it at wt-athletics.com. It's available on our online shop because uh, people still ask all the time, where can I get your book? I have an online shop. You can go to it, buy as much as you'd like, or if you ever come to New York, you can come right to our headquarters and buy it directly there. We have all sorts of fun stuff there too. So anyway. if they buy it, if they buy it at your headquarters, do you autograph it? Uh, well, if I'm there for sure. But yeah, yeah, I don't have like uh, like I know some sifus have already pre-signed their books or whatever. Like I am not like that at all. It's like uh, I, you know, if people want me to sign it, fine. I still find it kind of weird. I'm like, dude, you know me. Why do you want me to sign your book? You can literally <laughs> text me. Why do you know? It's kind of weird, especially with people I know. So. You know, but anyway, hey man, today was, today was, was a lot, lot of fun, fun man. Today yeah, was a lot absolutely, of fun. absolutely. And I look forward to doing it again, and I hope you guys are enjoying all these extra uh, episodes of uh, Dudes of Kung Fu that have been coming down your way lately. So, there you go. Awesome. Talk to you soon, all guys. Right. Bye bye, Alex. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. Please help us get the word out there by sharing this and other episodes on your favorite social media platforms. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com slash support to find out how you can help your favorite Kung Fu podcast. We are currently using Patreon to automate great benefits to those who support the podcast. As a supporter of the Dudes, you'll get early access to episodes, as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and even monthly live video conferences with the Dudes. Again, go to dudesofkungfu.com slash support to find out more about that. As always, you can help support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. If Twitter is your preferred social media outlet, you can follow the Dudes of Kung Fu there as well. Both Big Sean Madigan and yours truly are on Twitter too. Dudes of Kung Fu is now also on Instagram, so tag it along with the hashtag Dudes of Kung Fu whenever you post something related to the podcast. A great way to support the Dudes is to rate and review it on either the iTunes or Android app stores. The written reviews are immensely more helpful than just giving us a five-star rating. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care, and thank you for supporting the Dudes of Kung Fu!